Welcome back to Cricket Central, the podcast where we discuss all the stories, big and small. Uh, we're here for the day three recap of the second test between Australia and South Africa. Another action-packed day where South Africa teased us with the potential of an heroic comeback in the match, uh, particularly through another fantastic spell of bowling by Norkia at the start of the day. But in the end, uh, on Boxing Day, it was Cam Green. Uh, yesterday, it was David Warner. But today, it was Alex Carey. He drove, pulled and cut his way to a majestic opening uh, maiden century. Uh, the first uh, Australian wicketkeeper to do it since Brad Haddon many years ago and puts Australia in prime position, 370 runs ahead and with just nine wickets to get uh, in two days uh, to wrap up this match and wrap up the series beating South Africa, hopefully for the first time uh, since 2005-06 summer uh, at, at um, on home soil. So Ethan Prabs, another fantastic day for the Australians. Yeah, again, pretty much went precisely to plan another couple of great moments in this test, which are well worth remembering. That's one of the great innings from Kerry, and it's unusual that you ever can, you know, potentially say that a 100 was better than a 200, but that's certainly up there. Um, he played with class the whole way through. Right from the get-go, he looked solid. The, the stroke play is unlike anything I've seen from him before, really. And it was largely a, a chanceless ton. And he just rubbed salt into the wounds of this labouring South African innings. And finally, it was brought to a close after 145 overs in the field. Yeah, it really was a fantastic inning. So, I mean, you, you would have to say Warner's probably, in terms of the, the position in the game, there was a bit more uh, life in a bit more jeopardy early on in his innings. But I agree, um, just purely on how it looked and sort of the class and ease with which he batted, um, Alex Carey's innings was, was unsurpassed. And I think that the thing that stood out, a, a few people mentioned it, is just the sort of simple approach he he has to his batting. You know, he doesn't tried too many different shots he, he sort of he's good square of the wicket um basically defends all the good balls very well and sort of similar to to Travis Head in a way he just seems to have a very clear plan of how he's going to go about things yeah I think it's a very simple technique and it's because it doesn't have that abnormality I think there's less weaknesses that are evident for this South African lineup and as, as you said he, he drove really well today and he picked the balls that he was going to attack really well as well. I think his strike rate outside off the stump was in the 120s or 130s. And then as he worked into his innings, we saw some of those lovely on drives um, and pulls and flicks through mid-wicket work their way into the game as well. So it started off just sticking to his strengths with the offside play and being very solid on stumps. And then that margin of error from the bowlers gradually reduced as that innings progressed. And it was very, very hard, really, for them to have even a chance that I think he kept everything along the ground very well. He timed everything exceptionally well as well. So it was an innings of great aesthetics, but also great cricket intelligence from Alex Carey. Yeah, I, I, South Africa were, they were sort of setting the trap in the offside, um, sort of letting him, him drive, but actually bowling okay. Um, in there to, to try and get the wicket but he, he was just too good at the end and uh, the question I, I have for you this summer the I would say the two most entertaining batsmen uh, and sort of the, the best stroke play coming from the Australian team has come from Travis Head and Alex Carey and the one thing that they have in common is that they're from the the great state of South Australia uh, so can we say that uh, South Australia 
produce the the most uh, attractive batsman? I mean, attractive is an interesting word to to put to. I think certainly you can describe Gary's <laughs> batting as attractive. I think heads more so a bit of flamboyance without the neck necess- necessarily being technically correct and compact. But yeah, certainly I think those those two batsmen from South Australia have batted with great intent, which we haven't really consistently seen from anyone else. Um, and it, it is notable that, you know, those batsmen who speak of both left-handers, um, David Warner, the other left-hander, managed 200 in this inning. So I do wonder if the South African attack does have a bit of a weakness against these left-handed batsmen. But certainly the form that Travis Head and Alex Carey are in um, uh, is pretty much peak from what we've seen from them over the last couple of years. Um, I haven't seen Alex Carey hit shots like I've seen today in any form, really. Um, and it was great to see that the freedom that they've um, come out and batted with. And and good for South, South Australia, sorry, to have a little bit of uh, cricketing, you know, prowess to celebrate, which is, you know, in the last few years been a bit a bit short. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that last comment. But uh, yes, no, it's a good point you make, actually, about South Africa's bowlers potentially having a weakness against left-handers because I guess you look at Jansen, his strength would sort of be going across the right-handers. Maharaj obviously being a left-arm finger spinner, um, sort of similar there. Uh, so yeah, it could be could be something in that. But um, yeah, I, overall, I think Australia, we'll discuss it a bit more in a second, but uh, I'm uh, feeling more confident about my prediction that Australia will beat India in India uh, in, a, in a couple of months' time. Everything seems to be coming together perfectly here. Uh, but first, I, I will just jump across to South Africa's side of things because it was another uh, impressive spell in the first session um, of today. Two wickets in, in two balls, I think, to, to get Travis Head and, and David Warner coming out on the first ball back after um, re- retiring hurt. A uh, bit, un- bit unfortunate there for, for David Warner, but it, just for a, a second there, um, it looked at, you sort of thought, oh, well, you know, Green's injured, Stark's injured. There was still a doubt over whether they would be able to bat. Um, and we were only, uh, I think, uh, probably about two. 50 to 300 ahead at, at that time. So you sort of thought maybe South Africa could get back into the match. Uh, it was another good spell. Yeah, particularly from Anrish Nokia, whose personality and pace has really shone through with this test. Um, I think they were doing a bit of player introduction on, on the commentary, and, and he said that he was someone in 40-degree heat who prides himself on standing up and, and leading by example. And that sort of attitude has really shone through this test, um, particularly many teams in Australia when they do have to bowl over a day um, and spend, in this case, 145 overs in, in the field. You do see most players give up. And notably from South Africa, they've, they've lacked attitude and application from Rabada and Gidi and Maharaj in particular. But certainly, Anrik Nokia's spells of four to five overs have you know, brought great pace and he he's always feels like he's in the game. And I think everyone who watched the, this test probably says that he's deserving to get at least the three wickets that he got. That Warner ball was pretty much perfectly executed. Very, very hard to play a, a Yorker right right on the toes for the first ball you get, even when you're on 200. Um, so that was quite a remarkable innings today from David Warner. And certainly the Travis head ball as well 
was you know well executed ball. I, I do feel that with his pace, he's probably had the better of David Warner despite this innings. Um, and that's an issue that we've seen with Mark Wood and Warner as well. So, and he's managed to hit and trouble a lot of the Australian attacks. So certainly Unric Nokia is a big tick from the South Africans. Um, Marco Janssen showed a little bit of promise as well. And he certainly has hit some good areas. So I think, you know, it's it's an attack that some would have said is is the best in the world. Um, and you do, you do see glimpses of that with, with the sort of spells they've bowled today. And it was good that um, particularly Nokia was able to stand up and, and trouble Australia for a bit there with that collapse of three for five as Head, Warner and Cummins all departed pretty quickly. We've spoken a bit about their tactics this test also. I thought a little bit better from them today. They seem to bowl a bit straighter, a bit more aggressive to Cam Green. I don't know. I mean, yeah, anyone can do it, do this to Cam Green sometimes, but they did manage to sort of tie him down for a bit. Do you think they maybe learned a, a couple of the lessons from uh, the first uh, day and a bit uh, today? Oh, potentially. I think it's just, it can be hard if you spend the whole day in the field for teams to just maintain the application throughout um, and maintain the plans or come up with new plans uh, for that matter. Um, I, I do think they... I mean, they, they were slightly better today. They, they probably still did miss a couple of tricks, particularly with Cameron Guarini, someone you can really attack early on. And his strike rate across his 177 balls today was 29. And particularly early on in his innings, he was sort of just holding up an end for Alex Carey. So I, I was happy actually with the, the bowling changes that they did make. Um, when Nokia came into the attack was, was at good times. So credit to Elgar for that. But I think there's there's still more room for some different plans and some potentially different fields um, because it did look a little bit too easy for Green and Kerry there. And there wasn't a whole lot of chances that the South Africans actually made. Yeah, well, and perhaps one way of fixing things would be to... Uh to invest in a in an analyst or what was it you were telling me today that they don't uh they don't have a registered uh team analyst on their squad or something yeah well it was on the the seven coverage actually uh the other day actually and they 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 were coming up with or well, they were analyzing all the australian batsmen and saying oh the south africans should be bowling here and then the, the commentator said oh no doubt the south african analyst will pass this on to the bowlers and then news emerged that apparently they, they don't have an analyst at all. So they don't have access to the same data that even the, the commentary team has, which was um, quite ironic. And I, I was thinking that maybe we should you know scrap some of this TV coverage because we're given the South Africans bowling plans. But um, maybe off the back of that, they have different ploys to players like Travis Head, who's got that weakness, potential weakness under the armpit that got him strangled out. So, I mean, we often when bowlers have a particular plan or, or do strangle someone, attribute it to a plan, but maybe it was a bit of a uh, bit of luck from the South, South Africans in that first test. <laughs> yeah. I find that mind boggling that they, they don't have someone of that role, but uh, yeah. Anyway, very interesting times. Uh, you mentioned uh, Cam Green. Uh, he did bring up his sixth test 50 today. Um, in unconvincing fashion, I, I guess you would say, uh, off, uh, I think, 100 and, 170 balls um, he brought it up of. So it was really a gutsy innings, I guess you could call it, because he did have an injury. You could tell he was a bit restricted in some of his stroke plays. So good of him to to go out there and, um, you know, grind out 
a 50, uh, but how did you see him today? I think when people talk about Cameron Green, we've, we've been saying for a while now that he's he hasn't really figured out how to bat at test level. And I think that's that's shone through really these, these couple of series. I mean, it's a separate point how long you want to give him before it figures it out. But uh, the thing in, in shield cricket is you, you might get that one bad ball and over that you can punish to the fence. And I think here we've seen in this innings him probably be slightly on the, well, more on the defensive side. And then previously when he hit those three fours and nicked off, that was probably too much on the aggressive side. So I think when when he applies himself, he's, he's certainly got some very unique stroke play and you can see the glimpses of talent that he has. But I don't think he's found the right balance between defence and attack yet, which is why some innings are striking at 29 and a real grind like we saw today. And others are, are a little bit rash and aggressive and he, he seems to fall pretty cheaply playing false shots. So, I mean, I think with anyone who's a fan of Cam Green, seeing him spend time at the crease is always a good thing. I think there are the, the shots he did play, there are a number of those which I think you'd be very happy with. Certainly his driving, I'm a big fan of. But yeah, he, he is probably a batsman that any bowler would like bowling to right now because he seems quite easy to get stuck in little holes at one end. So I, th I think, yeah, a couple of or a little bit of work needs to be done basically on the uh, the gear that he attempts to play the game at and potentially working that strike rate as well. I think Ponting's highlighted this and we saw that in the Ashes as well. But generally speaking, when he does strike over 50, he does that better as well. But yeah, the injury was certainly a factor here. So good on him for sticking it out there with a broken finger and helping Alex Carey to get to his tongue. Yeah, I mean, Cam Green's forward defence is one of the, the nicest in the game. I think you can watch that all day just on repeat. It's beautiful. But uh, a point that uh, so I think it was Sean Pollock on the Fox commentary sort of uh, reiterated your point that he said that something he was told as an all-rounder early in his career is that you know, batting six or seven, you don't really get that much time to 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 make runs and to sort of construct an innings. So you, you sort of have to be a little bit more uh, aggressive. And that's certainly not the approach Cam Green seems to be taking at the moment in, in test cricket. So be interesting to see whether there is some sort of uh, change in, in the way he goes about things there. Um, but, well, just quickly, a couple of words in general on Australia. I think the I mean, there's lots of stories to come out of this test for, from Australian side, but probably for 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 these uh, last few days and for the whole summer, I think you could probably say that we have a, a lot of depth in the team at the moment. You know, you think of some of the, the big summers uh, of over the, the past couple of years, not so much last year, but sort of the, the days where Steve Smith was just completely dominating. It was often sort of a, a, a two or three man uh, batting order that that we had um, a lot of the time but you know you've had everyone now perform in in this series uh, we know the depth we've got in our bowling lineup I think we've you've almost got all our bowlers bowling sort of at almost the best of in their career um, I would say at the moment do you think that that we are really in a very good position as a team and could you know we've got a, a tough uh, winter coming up could we uh, do something special in India um, and then in England. Yeah, it's a good point you raised, actually, because a lot of these 
players are really coming into a little bit of form now or at the peak of their careers. Even in the short start to the summer we've had, I mean, every single one of the batsmen's managed a 100 except for Kawaja and Green. And we know the form Kawaja was in last summer. And it, you're right, it's a, it's a bowling attack, which I think there was a, a graphic showing that they're all averaging under 20 this summer, except for Cam Green, who's averaging 24 and just coming off a of Pfeiffer. Um, and even the backups with players like Boland and Nisa, maybe even Lance Morris, there's, there's a lot of excitement around players like them. So certainly it looks a very strong team and there's not really any selection issues um, on the horizon. I think people have murmured about Warner and Kawaja's spots, but I don't really think Harris or Renshaw are particularly close to this side. So it looks a, a, a settled team for me. Um, and I'd be interested to know how how they fare away in India and England, which are probably the, the big challenges of Australian teams in the past. I, I am still sceptical about our chances, um, although, interestingly, my views probably flip now to say we might even have a better chance in India than England, but that, that's yet yeah. to be seen, really. But I think in, to our sort of benefit, this Australian team is probably peaking in terms of Form and I think the India teams at one of its lower points. Uh, they just managed to scrape past Bangladesh away last week. So I do think if, if we apply ourselves, we have a decent chance there. Um, and I think it's an Australian lineup where certainly a batting lineup where a lot of them are actually quite decent against spin, uh, particularly Kawaja, Smith, Green, and Kerry. I, I all have confidence in them. Um, and England will be, I think that's going to be the, the premium challenge. We've got a a pretty poor record away there. Um, that team's probably in the form, in the best form they've had in a while as well. But if they do conjure up these flatter wickets, that might actually play into Australia's hands given our previous struggles against the moving ball. So I think it's it's an Australian team, as you mentioned, heading in the right direction, almost peaking, a very settled lineup. And I think now is when we, when we actually want to be challenging uh, the big teams away in their own condition. Yeah, I'm shocked you didn't mention Travis Head as a great player of spin there. No, he's absolutely atrocious there. But uh, anyway, apart from he's that... He's a great uh, bowler of spin. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. The, the best all-rounder in the team, some would say. Anyway, um, another thing developing well is Pat Cummins' captaincy. We've uh, seen a, sort of a more aggression from him. I think it's almost been forgotten that we did make the big move to, to bowl first in this match, which has paid off spectacularly uh, thus far. But one interesting thing today, you don't need to dwell on it too much, but I mean, when we when we were 370, around 370, I think, ahead, um, when um, Alex Carey got out, it was an interesting move to bring in Mitch Stark, who had an injured finger there. Uh, I thought I thought at the time it must just be to, to get Cam Green his 50, but then... Cam Green brought in his 50, Cummins still didn't make the call. Uh, then Mitch Stark got hit on the head uh, and Cummins still didn't make the call even then uh, until Stark had been sort of fixing up his helmet for about five minutes and then finally uh, pulled the pin. So uh, not sure what was going on there, to be honest, but maybe just a bit of mind games to try and grind South Africa into the into the dirt even more, uh, which we always like uh, as Australians. So, yeah, perhaps we should be supporting comments for that. Anyway, a couple of things to uh, cover off before we do finish. Uh, Elgar out again early um, to come and strangle down the leg side again. Um, and I mean, he looks to have a real 
um, weakness against this uh, Ethan. His head just seems to to drop away, bat long way from the body. Um, it's a, yeah, a real concern. Yeah, I think with someone like Dan Elgar, he's a player you, you'd probably say you don't associate it a good classical technique with him but you he does have the mental grit and toughness um and i i think he is getting sort of found out a little bit in these conditions his record in australia is actually um notoriously quite poor i think he's averaging below 20 um and aside from the 100 he's hit i don't think he's past 30 outside of that so he's certainly struggling and there might be a lot of things playing on his mind with, with captaincy as well but yeah cer- certainly even despite his record in Australia and struggles, he's probably a pivotal part of the South African top order. Um, and with him dismissed already, it, it's hard to see really where a lot of these runs are going to come from, or at least even where the resistance is going to come from. Um, certainly, Varane has shown that he's more than capable of it. But I think one of these batsmen in the top five need to stand up. Otherwise, there will be some selection issues when someone like Keegan Peterson comes back into the side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, final thing to that I thought I would mention, another strong crowd of 34,000 today. And actually that I saw just before that that takes the total for the three days up to over 141,000, um, which is actually better than the three days of the Ashes last summer. So uh, perhaps the uh, sort of reports of the decline of it, the attendance at all Australian cricket um a bit bit uh, exaggerated there, which is uh, good to see. And, yeah, good to see the, the Melburnians turned out. Well, you know, the Melburnians that weren't just only Indians and Pakistanis uh, turned out to some cricket. So, uh, yeah, good signs there. Well, thanks, Ethan, for coming on again. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll probably be back at, I don't know, hopefully we'll be able to do it at an early podcast at about uh, 2 p.m. or something uh, tomorrow if Australia wrap up South Africa quickly, but you never know. There could be a, a big resistance uh, from uh, Saul Irva um, and uh, Kaya Zondo. I'm backing Kaya Zondo. Or Rassi van der Dusen, my pick to make a century. Uh, could be hard when he's not in the team, but uh, anyway, we'll see what happens. But uh, for now, it's goodbye.